Hello, everybody. How the hell are you? Feeling good? Feeling bad? Feeling sad? Feeling hungry? Whatever it is, welcome to me reading stuff. No matter what your mood, I welcome you. I ask you to join me this Thursday night. Sorry I keep doing this at night rather than the earlier part of the day. Um, I don't know. Well, I, first of all, I've been staying up really late working on this new drawing I'm making, a new big triptych. Some of you may have seen it with the wolves over on Instagram stories. I'll keep updating you. I'm now on the middle panel, which is um, all crows. I've been learning about crows, the behavior of crows, the crows mind, intellect. They have facial recognition. Um, they will haunt you if you fuck with them. So don't fuck with crows. That's my PSA for the day. Anyway, uh, back to you guys. How are you? Um, I'm good, by the way. I just made turkey meatloaf and mashed potatoes and peas. So that was a kind of nice 50s meal. Made me feel like I was back in Nebraska, which is always a comforting feeling. I miss the Midwest terribly, I have to say, lately. I'm just kind of... Um, I'm more enamored with my Midwestern upbringing than ever as days go on or as decades of my life wear on. I'm just very, very grateful for my early days being in the Midwest. Um, there's just something about it and the kind of pleasantries. I mean, look, there's a lot to complain about, about any any region where there's humans. <laughs> That's just how it is. But I don't have too much to complain about being from Nebraska. I think I am a huge fan of Nebraska. And any of you, I do have a lot of listeners in Nebraska. So this this, this episode is dedicated to Nebraskans. Um, let's ask some questions. What is something you've accomplished this week that you feel good about? Uh, for me, I'm trying to look at my drawing. I don't know. I, I'm just working hard every day. I haven't. I wish I could get up earlier. I wish I could go to sleep earlier. But I'm living this life where my schedule's really, really messed up. So nothing for me. How about that? Um, any horrors you wish didn't happen this week to you? Uh, it's a weird question. So I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> There, there wasn't really any horrors that happened this week. I do have one thing, actually. I have this bizarre pain in the... I don't know how to describe this area. It's like kind of to the right of my belly button, kind of my lower abdomen. There's this little like needle-type pain that happens occasionally. And that... And it's really scaring me because I don't know what it is and I've never felt it before. So... And it kind of won't stop. So I, ha I currently have one of those microwavable heating pads on my belly. I don't like the word belly. I don't know why I just said it. So I apologize. Um, what else? Did you eat something you love this week? I did. Mashed potatoes. My mashed potatoes had a little of everything in it. Um, cheese, green onions, onions, I don't know, sour cream, other stuff. It was really good, I promise. Uh, have you slept well this week? I have. I've slept too well. Um, and that's it. That's all the questions I have for you guys today. Oh, oh, but right here I do have the questions from you guys. I'm going to answer some more of the questions that came in. We did already have our winner for that contest, contest which was Sammy. Yay to you, Sammy. But one of my favorite listeners, Anna. Hello, Anna. Uh, she's been one of the longest 
run going listeners and communicators to me about the podcast, meaning she checks in with me via Instagram, Twitter, whatever email and lets me know she's still listening. And it makes me so happy. And she's a very talented person herself. So I just love Anna. And she did a little series of questions. I'm going to answer them right now. Number one, do you like the dentist or hate it? Believe it or not, Anna, I love going to the dentist. I always have. And guess who's never had a cavity? Me, Anna, never had a cavity, love the dentist. I don't know. I like getting my teeth cleaned. I mean, since that's all I've ever gotten to do at the dentist, other than I got my wisdom teeth out and then I was on some sort of pain drugs that made me hallucinate and tell my mom Jimi Hendrix was laying on the couch with me. Um, So that was the only major thing I had at the dentist and I was completely out for it and didn't really hurt. I mean, it did hurt later, but anyway, love the dentist, believe it or not. Uh, The next question, number two, what fluoride flavor do you choose? I remember as a kid choosing cherry, uh, which now would disgust me. I would choose mint, you know, just a basic dental mint. They They should have a flavor of mint called dental mint, just like there's peppermint and spearmint. There should be dental mint, and I would choose dental mint. And number three, what movies do you watch for comfort? Oh, God. Um, Number one, Pretty in Pink. For whatever reason, that's my number one comfort movie. The Karate Kid, I would watch Comfort or No Comfort. The Karate Kid, part one and two. Um, Silence of the Lambs and The Shining and the first Halloween. Halloween. Halloween, I mean, Silence of the Lambs and The Shining are three horror movies that I find a lot of comfort in that I'll watch at any given moment. Uh, I think I'm forgetting another horror. And then there's, um, oh, The Wizard of Oz is a big comfort movie for me. And then I have two, I don't know why they both have Tobey Maguire in it and why I'm so, these are such comfort movies for me. And I'll tell you, well, I kind of do know why. Number one, Wonder Boys with Michael Douglas, Robert Downey Jr. Um, what's her name? Uh, you know, awesome lady. Can't think of her name right now. And... Uh, Tobey Maguire. Uh, I love the, I love Michael Douglas, number one. And I think I'm kind of a sucker for movies about writers, which is sort of embarrassing because I'm sure writers hate movies about writers. Just like I kind of hate movies about visual artists. But anyway, uh, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, Francis McDormand is, is of course who I was thinking of. And then the ice storm. And I like Wonder Boys and the ice storm, not just because Tobey Maguire's in both of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't know. I think for a while I did have a l- tiny obsession with Tobey Maguire. By the way, one time I saw him here, uh, my friend Erica and I were at a an event at LACMA, the museum, and he was there in sweatpants. But, but it, what it was was like a sweatpant outfit like old dudes in the 80s and still wear, you know, like a navy blue sweatpants, elastic bottoms, but not in, a, not in the cool way, like in the old-fashioned just Hanes sweatsuit way. And the sweatshirt that matched. And tennis shoes. Like running shoes. Like dorky shoes. It was it, it made me kind of re-fall in love with him. But I love the ice storm. I love wintry movies. So if anyone has any movies that kind of set that winter mood for you. Since I have lived in Houston and Los Angeles for the last God knows how many years. I like to crank the air conditioner down and just pretend like I'm in a cold climate with those movies. Put blankets on me, make some tea. Speaking of which, I'm going to hit pause and drink some tea. Hold on a second. Okay, a couple more from Anna. These are great questions, Anna. 
Uh, let's see, which one are we on? Number four, what is your favorite meal of the day? And she specifies, not food, but meal, as in breakfast, lunch, or dinner, why? I feel like the cool answer is breakfast. I feel like everybody I know who I find to be way cooler than me and just cool in general, they like breakfast. And it's not that I don't like it. I definitely love hash browns, but I love dinner. I really love dinner. I don't know why I just do. Dinner is the one I look forward to the most. People who, who go, yeah, I just eat a light dinner. I, I get, I don't, I, I get upset with that. I find dinner to be very important. <laughs> so dinner. And, you, and hopefully there's a salad with that dinner, a side salad. All right, number five, do you wear, <laughs> do you wear high heels? Always, sometimes, or never? Um, what would you do if I said always? I wear them in my studio. You know, I used to wear high, he he high heels occasionally, usually to my openings or something like that. But nowadays, you're going to have to pay me money to put on high heels at, the, at this point. Occasionally, I'll wear high-heeled sandals, you know, out to a nice dinner or something like that. Or if I have something a little bit more special to do, I will wear high heels. Um, but not the kind you're thinking of, like not Sex in the City pumps or whatever they are. Um, more like, imagine like 70s uh, sandal heels. Does that make sense? I'll have to take a photo and put them somewhere online for you. But yeah, so I'll wear those occasionally, but almost never. And in fact, I was just complaining today about the fact that I had to wear shoes at all today. I normally just don't wear shoes and uh, prefer my feet to be left free while I'm in my studio, but I'm having to work on top of a ladder. And so I have to wear shoes right now all day. And I hate it. I feel contained. I feel claustrophobic. My feet feel claustrophobic and it's annoying. So preferably just no shoes ever, to be honest with you. And I'm going to answer one other person's question. This is from Kiyu. Uh, that's spelled C-A-I-O. And by the way, I think I'm pronouncing it right from your part of the world, Kiyu. Kiyu, I've always liked you, by the way, even though we've never met. Um, which is the last thing you did for the first time? And you know what? When I saw this question come in, I didn't think I had done anything. I felt really sad about myself. I was like, I haven't done anything. I haven't gotten on one of those bird scooters. I haven't done anything like windsurf or deep sea dive or, you know, I haven't ridden an animatronic bull or <laughs> anything. But the one thing I did that I'd never done before and I was really proud of myself was when I read my own writing in public. Uh, Diana Artarian invited me to do that here in Los Angeles. She's an amazing writer, poet, um, who I've told you guys about. And I did that, I don't know, sometime this summer. And that was a big step for me. So that was probably the last thing I did that I could say was a big deal. Like, wow, I'd never done that before. Uh, speaking of reading, I need to get to the reading. I want to first of all thank this book. It's The Wasteland and Other Poems by T.S. Eliot. This is from Harcourt Books. And this is uh, one of many, like around 40 books I received from Jacqueline, me reading stuff listener, Jacqueline. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jacqueline. I can't remember if I've mentioned this, but this was an amazing gift. Uh, I think I told you guys perhaps, but she was moving out of the country and needed to get rid of some books. And if anyone else ever has some donations that they think I would like here at me reading stuff, of course I will accept that. Just email us at me reading stuff at iCloud.com. 
But this was a really sweet, uh, this is one of so many books that I'll be reading from on the podcast that Jacqueline gave me. So I just got to thinking, all right, first of all, T.S. Eliot, uh, most of us know, but some of us don't. I don't know everything about T.S. Eliot by any stretch of the imagination. Born in St. Louis, Missouri in 1888, died in 65 in London, lived most of his life in London, but I do, I will tell you that I found this quote because I remember reading about his love of where he was from. And again, back to me being from the Midwest. He said, the Missouri and the Mississippi, which for those of you out of the country, those are rivers in the area, have made a deeper impression on me than any other part of the world. This coming from a world traveler and someone who, you know, moved all over the place for school and then eventually to London. So I really, I can't agree more. My upbringing in Ponca Hills in Omaha, Nebraska has definitely made the biggest impression on me a deeper impression on me than any other part of the world I've been to. And that will be true until the day I die. By the way, T.S. Eliot died of emphysema. Just want to get that out there. And um, what I'll be reading is his first published poem, I believe. The one that he, well, beside The Wasteland, he's most known for the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. And I don't know how, why or how I haven't read this yet. Now, this is a little bit longer. This episode is going to go over the 20-minute mark, which, have you not noticed? This has been a 20-minute thing lately. This is just how it is. I don't know why it's migrated into 20 minutes, but it has. Mm. And migrate isn't the right word for that, but we'll go with it. It kind of makes sense. All right. The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, read by Robin O'Neill. Yours truly. Here we go. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels, and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells. Streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent to lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask, what is it? Let us go and make our visit. In the room, the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. The yellow fog that rubs its back upon the window panes, the yellow smoke that rubs its muzzle on the window panes, licked its tongue into the corners of the evening, lingering upon the pools that stand in drains, let fall upon its back the soot that falls from chimneys slipped by the terrace, made a sudden leap, and seeing that it was a soft October night, curled once about the house and fell asleep. And indeed there will be a time for the yellow smoke that slides along the street, rubbing its back upon the window panes. There will be a time, there will be a time to prepare a face to meet the faces that you meet. There will be a time to murder and create, and time for all the works and days of hands that lift and drop a question on your plate. Time for you and time for me, and time yet for a hundred indecisions, and for a hundred visions and revisions before the taking of a toast and tea. In the room, the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. And indeed, there will be a time to wonder, do I dare and do I dare? Time to turn back and descend the stair with a bald spot in the middle of my hair, they will say, how his hair is growing thin. My morning coat, my collar mounting firmly to the chin, my necktie rich and modest, but asserted by a simple pin. 
they will say, but how his arms and legs are thin. Do I dare disturb the universe? In a minute, there is time for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. For I have known them all already, known them all, have known the evenings, mornings, afternoons. I have measured out my life with coffee spoons. I know the voices dying with a dying fall beneath the music from a farther room. So how shall I presume? And I have known the eyes already, known them all, the eye that fix you to a formulated phrase. And when I am formulated, sprawling on a pin, when I am pinned and wriggling on the wall, then how should I begin to spit out all the butt ends of my days and ways? And how should I presume? And I have known the arms already, known them all, arms that are braceleted and white and bare, but in the lamplight downed with the light brown hair. Is it perfume from a dress that makes me so digress? Arms that lie along a table or wrap about a shawl? And should I then presume? And how should I begin? Shall I say I have gone at dusk through narrow streets and watched the smoke that rises from the pipes of lonely men in shirt sleeves leaning out of windows? I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And the afternoon, the evening, sleeps so peacefully, smoothed by long fingers, asleep, tired, or it malingers, stretched on the floor here beside you and me, should I, after tea and cakes and ices, have the strength to force the moment to its crisis? But though I have wept and fasted, wept and prayed, though I have seen my head grown slightly bald, brought in upon a platter, I am no prophet, and here's no great matter. I have seen the moment of my greatness flicker, and I have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker, and in short, I was afraid. And would it have been worth it after all, after the cups, the marmalade, the tea, among the porcelain, among some talk of you and me, would it have been worthwhile to have bitten off the matter with a smile, to have squeezed the universe into a ball, to roll it towards some overwhelming question, to say, I am Lazarus, come from the dead, come back to tell you all, I shall tell you all. If one, settling a pillow by her head, should say, that is not what I meant at all, that is not it at all. And would it have been worth it after all? Would it have been worthwhile after the sunsets and the dooryards and the sprinkled streets, after the novels, after the teacups, after the skirts that trail along the floor? And this and so much more, is it impossible to say just what I mean, but as if a magic lantern threw the nerves in patterns on a screen, would it have been worthwhile if one settling a pillow or throwing off a shawl and turning toward the window should say, that is not it at all. That is not what I meant at all. No, I am not Prince Hamlet, nor was I meant to be. I am an attendant lord, one that will do. To swell a progress, start a scene or two, advise the prince, no doubt an easy tool, differential, glad to be of use, politic, cautious, and meticulous, full of high sentence, but a bit obtuse, at times indeed almost ridiculous, almost at times the fool. I grow old, I grow old, I shall wear the bottoms of my trousers rolled, shall I part my hair behind, do I dare to eat a peach, I shall wear white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach, 
I have heard the mermaids singing, each to each. I do not think that they will sing to me. I have seen them riding seaward on the waves, combing the white hairs of the waves blown back when the wind blows the water white and black. We have lingered in the chambers of the sea by sea girls wreathed with seaweed red and brown till human voices wake us and we drown. Whoa, there you go. The love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. And that is from T.S. Eliot. I'll put a link in the description where you can find this book, which also includes The Wasteland. And I think you should buy it and enjoy it. Uh, what else? I, I, I've already gone on so long. I want to say thank you to my listeners in Portugal. I have, an, I, I have a lot of new listeners in Portugal, which makes me very happy. I actually went to Portugal this year and had and, and thought of it as one of my favorite places I've ever been. So um, I just wanted to say thank you to you all in Portugal and specifically one listener who uh, sent me some pretty incredible stuff uh, about Anne Boyer, one of this podcast's favorite poets. So uh, listener, I will be emailing you back soon, I promise. Just give me a minute to finish this drawing <laughs> and then I get to do fun stuff like email people. Uh, you guys remember me reading stuff t-shirts are available at thecottonbureau.com. I will put a link in the description. Please consider buying a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. People from my own dad to Rihanna are wearing them. Everyone loves them. They're soft, high quality, and every penny goes to the Trevor Project, which if you haven't been listening long, it's an organization that focuses on suicide prevention for LGBTQ LGBTQ youth. Uh, it's a toll-free number, and every dollar keeps those phones open another minute. So it is no joke. It's a very important organization, and we love giving them a little extra money. So consider that. Also, I brought it up last week. Keep your calendars clear. The week of April 25th. Uh, I think it's April 25th that my official opening will be. I'm not sure on the exact opening date. And then we're going to try to do some sort of me reading stuff event in New York City. So stay tuned. I'm going to start getting that together. Uh, obviously, always follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. Have fun, you guys. Be easy on yourself. I need to be easier on myself. I've been very hateful towards myself th this week, and I, I'm not happy about it. Um, take walks. I took a walk today. That made me feel good. Brush your teeth for a full two minutes. Don't forget you're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes uh, total. Uh, that it, it, it apparently doesn't even count if you don't go the full two minutes. Uh, drink a ton of water. I've already gotten into that. I drink a couple gallons a day. Uh, don't don't be too addicted to anything, including caffeine. I used to be. I'm not anymore. Um, take a night drive in your car with your favorite music playing. Just for fun. Just drive around. Sit on a balcony. Eat a pickle. Get a pen pal. Remember that everyone's doing their be best. And forgive yourself. Forgive others and forgive yourself. We shall find peace. We shall hear angels. We shall see the sky sparkling with diamonds. That's Anton Chekhov. That's my hope for all of us, um, especially not in death, but I hope we see the sky sparkling with diamonds just in a daily way, just, just in the way that means on a daily basis, whatever that means to you. Basically, I hope you find your joy today. And I love you guys very much. Have a great evening, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>